keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Zach, do you want to stop the recording and start again so we don't have to... Ah, fuck it. I'll just keep it going. There you go. What a professional. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan Mancow, St. Germain. I'm here with Scott, Mike, Robert Carpolas, Zachar, and Malian. I don't know why I'm saying it like the uh, little person in... Twin Peaks, but I am excited about this show, guys. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We're going to be reviewing Dynamite, previewing AEW Revolution, which is happening this Sunday, doing a little bit of uh, fantasy booking, doing some high spot and low spot. But first up, I want to talk to you guys about uh, our Patreon. We're doing the roast of Jimmy Snuka this Monday, which I'm, I'm pumped about. Then we're going to be doing the first few episodes of Lucha Underground, our first WrestleMania 3 watch-along. Eventually, we're going to be roasting Brock on Patreon. Uh, as far as our uh, podcast next week, we're going to be reviewing the uh, the influencer himself, Chris Y2J 1621. Jericho, baby. Uh, it's uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be roasting him with Sean Donnelly. Uh, not to mention uh, we're gonna be doing Drew after that. Roman Becky, something to sports. Me and Robert just did Raw this week. Um, so next weekend, it's not gonna be this weekend, but next weekend we're gonna. Well, next week Robert's gonna do Raw, but next weekend we're gonna be doing uh, something to sports. Um, our next retro SmackDown, which is season one, episode five. That's the one where Vince McMahon wins the title please folks donate to our patreon buy our shirts on pro wrestling tees join our facebook group follow us on instagram leave us an itunes review all of that would really 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 help and if you need to save money on a mortgage go i'm yeah. no, sorry i feel like we're comment. plugging everything at this point yeah let's plug everything and uh also we're gonna have some more info hopefully next week about our live show coming up wrestlemania weekend Friday night, the night of the Hall of Fame, when you're not watching uh, Vince cry for 30 minutes straight while inducting The Undertaker, you can while, watch us cry while trying to get our jokes over. Let's get to the, I'm going to call this the uh, King Count Bundy, since it's a five count in honor of King Kong Bundy. Guys, I'm really stretching it, but so is King Kong Bundy. How's everybody doing? I kind of got all the business up front. Mike, you've moved rooms. You sound good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm seeing Batman tonight. Really excited. Uh, fuck all the people who are like, why another Batman movie? Because um, there can't be enough of them. Yeah, I mean, they have a bunch of Bond movies already. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. But Colin Farrell looks great as Paul Heyman. 
Do you know what the social commentary is this time? Um, I Actually, don't. Yes. Which is part of why I'm excited. <laughs> yes, the, the, the only thing is I, there's not spoiling anything with Batman, but there's echoes of what happens in the film that are very true to life. But what happened in the film was filmed before anything happened in the real world. And uh, it's it's definitely very prescient. Oh, there's a disease that some people believe in and some don't? No, but uh, other other issues uh, of, <laughs> of the day. They, I don't think they predicted COVID. That'd be a much more boring... Uh, like, there's Gotham streets are just empty. Just <laughs> yeah. Batman riddle walking around this. wearing riddle two me. masks. <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. Why won't you take my vax? <laughs> the Gotham Opera uh, agrees to do shows in Saudi Arabia. Riddler is obsessed with making sure critical race theory isn't talked in schools. It's really... It's actually a little bit too much in my mind. A little too too much chasing the headline. It's implying that there's any black people in Batman. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Oh, that's right. In this one, I'm talking about any of the previous and ones. And Zoe Kravitz. Well, I, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, take Zoe her Kravitz for the... And, okay, ones? okay, fucking Harvey Dent is the first one. Seal in Batman Forever. Holly <laughs> <laughs> Berry in Batman Bats are, Bats are black. Bats are black. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Bat lives matter. All right. You know, I, I made a mistake by doing all the pops up front. I set this up like a robot show. So you did. Me, it feels like a very cold static show, but we're going to get into it. We're going to talk guys, the dynamite yeah, shit, Ring of Honor and let's, all let's the fun stuff. Fucking warm up. You know, you know, I made the intro awkward. Um, and then Tony Khan for intro said, hold my beer, Dan, because we're going to be talking dynamite or dud and we're going to be talking Tony's big announcement. Hour one, Tony's big announcement. Should Tony be handing you a beer? Also, Dan, um, a Perry, a Perrier filled with sweet tarts isn't a beer. <laughs> Christopher Daniels was Brian Danielson. Uh, the segment with John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Sting and Darby backstage, a casino tag battle royal, and a Jericho promo backstage. Scott, what do you think of this? Oh man, I mean, name a thing wrong with this. I can't. I can't. And I'm I mean, not we even could talk about the announcement. Oh, you, I mean, you want to talk about the okay? Uh, <laughs> we can we can talk about the effects no. of time on Chris Daniels's body. I mean, no, there's, there's, you, some, there's some stuff that was rough, man. I mean, this wasn't a perfect hour. No, this was a very, very good yes, hour. Brock Anderson's and, entrance wasn't televised. <laughs> you know, yes, Tony Khan is um, uncomfortable. Yeah, that wasn't great for sure. Uncomfortable is the most polite way to put what that was. That that was like my, my wife walked out at that moment. And she's like, what's wrong with that man? Like she thought this was a character like he was making fun of somebody. I'm like, no, that's just him. He's a Saturday Night Live character come to life. He is the worst social skills ever seen. And I'm an autistic person with a wrestling podcast. Scott, what did you um, what did you say about Tony? It was like so funny earlier today. No, I don't remember. What did I say? Uh, he, he always he he cuts a promo like he's reminding his dad of something he. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's like he he's he's reciting something his dad promised him, you know, so he's just like and we're buying Ring of Honor. And like, it's just all these things his dad says, you know, and he's just like says it so cheerfully. Uh, there is something adorable about it. And then, you know, it is super uh, embarrassing uh, 
at times too, you know. Uh, yeah, he's certainly a dweeb. I can't imagine Vince McMahon watching this promo and being like, "We lost to this guy." Oh, That's dude! What has you, to see, fucking kill you, him. you you see Vince. Uh, Pat, I'll bring it up later, but you know, being interviewed by Pat McAfee, and it's like, yes, Vince, okay, bad person, good person, what you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, way cooler than Tony Khan. Way cooler in terms of sitting in a room. Wow. I mean, I don't think Tony Khan can sit in a room. It's just bouncing off walls. He's he's like, you know, when they say, like, I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. He's actually the fly on the wall. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, look, I think it's cool that they have the Ring of Honor tape library. But I just far as like them hyping a big announcement, I thought it was going to be a streaming deal or something. Like, no, 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 no. I will say this. The, the, the announcement, because a lot of people go, oh, the announcement wasn't good enough. No, the announcement, I think, is great. Um, what did you expect? It's a show for wrestling fans. Everybody knows that. Uh, and that's what the announcement was. It was. Well, I, I, I thought it was going to be. We we bought we bought uh, Ring of Honor, and also we have an uh, HBO Max deal or something. Yeah, and, and I heard people you, you say that. But you, like, so you can't announce any sort of streaming deal because they have the pay per view on Sunday. You have a contract with Fight TV. You have the contract with all these movie theaters. You're trying to sell pay per views. You can't come out and say we're we're doing the streaming thing. So they 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 can't announce that yet. Let them the, know, Robert. Let them the know. Ring of Honor. The Ring of Honor announcement in in my opinion is one of the biggest moments in the history of AEW for a couple of Ooh, reasons i'm going to quantify because i saw mike made the face no no this is this is this is here's why you should be disappointed and it's okay with robert carpolis yes exactly <laughs> this is the one thing wwe has always done well is content acquisition they own every piece of wrestling footage that has ever existed in time and space there was shelving reserved for the Ring of Honor library when I was there back in 2006. Like it was, they were ready to go. They wanted this. Tony Khan now owns an incredibly valuable piece of, of footage with this tape library because just about every major, we talked about it last week. That's why I prefaced it last week. Talked about almost every major name from 2002 till now has competed in Ring of Honor in some way, shape, or form. It is now the only significant piece of footage that Vince does not own. And it allows Tony to leverage a better deal with HBO Max because you're going to them with the AEW tape library, the current quarterly pay-per-views, plus a back catalog of Ring of Honor footage that you can go back and watch all the way to 2002. And what has propelled HBO Max forward is nerd content. The, the, the DC movies, they put all the DC animated films Peacemaker is the single most watched day of show they've aired. I would actually argue that entertainment is nerd content. Entertainment is nerd content, but they have all the anime stuff. They know where their bread is buttered. And he took something from Vince, him being Tony Khan. Uh, this isn't on Peacock. He's now able to use this footage to tell the stories that we've been criticizing him of all this time. I My guess is he's going to do some sort of licensing deal to get the PWG library. Um, because that's how you tell the complete story of the Young Bucks. Imagine if they had the Ring of Honor footage to be able to properly tell the Adam Cole hangman. Hey, what about story. Matt Jackson versus Big Show? We need to see that. Well, that, there, there Amen, is, brother. There is that. But I think this is what gives Tony Khan more of a footprint than he had before. Before, he was a guy who had a television show. Now he owns content. He's able to branch out. High Spots tweeted, hey, we're for sale. They have a pretty good back catalog. If Tony can assemble 
all of these different catalogs. This is what makes him sticky. This is what helps that company uh, take it to the next well, level. I'm pretty sure there's a few things that make him sticky, but p- please keep going. Yes. Dude, you know uh, what this is like? This is like, okay, you know, at the end of Power Rangers where they all become one big monster to fight the big monster, right? So it's AEW and then and then Ring of Honor and then, okay, this place. And then well, that's what I said New before. Japan, I said- and then they fight WWE, right? But in, you know how in Power Rangers, they beat the big guy. The big guy just shoots them in the face immediately and they die. I think that's what's going to happen. Because we talk about like, oh, well, he got... he. He bought it. That's something Vince would have wanted. It's like, no, if Vince wanted it, he would have bought it. It's no like, WWE wanted the the Ring of Honor library. The problem dude, was come is on. that no, the problem no, was they did, they did, they, they did always. I, I just said that. Wait, wait, I don't know if you were in front of your thing or not, but that was something no, that no, heard, we talked heard. about for years. Is being able to have access to that footage because they like to be completionist and be able to tell those stories, and they know there's a niche audience. I don't know how many people have the Ring of Honor streaming service. But now all of those subscribers are now going to I transition to. over to HBO Max. Oh, okay, Robert, then how let this happen is a question, I guess. Like, if It, it sounds like they didn't because, well, Ring of Honor was for sale. They were supposedly talking to somebody else because ROH's sale was not like the WCW sale. The WCW sale was they were selling a tape library and physical assets like their rings and canvases and stuff. This was you had to buy the company. You had to acquire the contracts, the people they had. You have a, a current live touring show as well as their tape library. And they were asking, I don't know what the ultimate number was, but at one point it was floated around between 20 and $50 million. And WWE felt like no one's going to acquire, you know, no one's going to buy that right now. Like we'll be able to swoop in and get it. And Tony Khan swooped in there and, and got it uh, out from under them. So it's a coup for him and any chance he can to get onto a streaming site or a streaming service helps AEW preserve going forward. Because the one thing they were lacking was that sort of longevity to, to make uh, a streaming deal valuable. And if they can get the income from this combined with their TV rights deal and licensing deal and the video game and all of that, it's going to be very hard for the, to, for anybody to really topple AEW going forward, which has been the failing of just about every company that's tried to go up against Vince. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Okay. This reminds me of when Marvel bought Malibu comics in 1995. <laughs> And if you don't remember Malibu Comics, it's because they were a failed company. So it's like Ring of Honor. <laughs> you have almost a million people that watch AEW every week. If close to a million people gave a shit about Ring of Honor, it would not be in the state that it had become. <laughs> the best moment of Ring of Honor was CM Punk mentioning it in the pipe bomb <laughs> 11 years ago. It does <laughs> have a goal. legacy. What's that? I said, Michael, okay, continue. Okay, so, so, sorry, Mrs. Garrett. Um, <laughs> it, 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 does have, it does have a legacy. It did build stars, but it has been nothing for a while. And the thing is, you're going to say there's an announcement. I care about the company now. And I, and I get, Robert, what you're saying about how it helps it moving forward. But it's not an, to me, it's not an entertaining announcement. It's a business acquisition. Bug Eyes McGee is out there who shouldn't never be on TV, so that don't help. It just, like, there's so many things that get me excited as a fan, and buying a company that I have not given a shit about in years is not, it doesn't make me excited. You know, like, yeah, I think it's great that they have the tape library, but it's also, you know, one of the things, I don't know if we talked that much about what the Cody thing was, Cody was so obsessed with this war and having this war with the WWE. 
and the Bucks and Kenny were always like, who gives a fuck? Let's just do our own thing. And I'm very much of that mentality. And so I don't need to see, you know, mom and uncle Tony uh, fucking fighting. I just want a great show every uh, week and be entertained for two hours. And uh, in terms of a car crash, Tony talking is great, but it was not entertaining television. And it's not an announcement that made me go, oh, wow. It wasn't a new star coming into the company. It wasn't like an event being announced. It was just, yeah, we bought this thing. Who gives a shit? Right. It wasn't used for a storyline. It wasn't, you know, Cody showing up and being like, I quit AEW because I bought Ring of Honor, like that that kind of thing. A Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor deal going forward will be beneficial for them. I think that keeping a, having a touring brand separate from AEW that they can use as, as a quasi-developmental because they have a lot of people on their roster. There were, you know, 90 people on that tag battle royal. Um, yeah. Having a place for the, where you can put the guys in dark and dark elevation where you're working out of what used to be the impact zone in Orlando and they can learn how to work there and then being able to work on the road in those buildings, Ring of Honor is already labeled as here's where we run. We have our own, you know, rings. We have our own crew. It's additional content. It's an additional space for Tony to keep people employed and generate money from it, uh, as opposed to just letting Ring of Honor die. And I think because Tony loves wrestling as much as he does, he thinks he's he's saving something that's truly beloved when Ring of Honor really hasn't been beloved for the last, you know, six, seven, eight years. I, I, I also was, was, was low-key shafted last night. Because yes. he was also in that main event and apparently won against both Brian and Chris. He's an inaugural Ring of Honor champion. Yep. We talked about it last week that it was that Danielson, Daniels, low-key thing. But low-key is like, I think he's quasi-canceled because he went on a rant about uh, vaccines or something. Okay. But I heard very talented, nice guy. WWE. <laughs> Scott, what do you think about this? We did Dude, I think it's going to be great for the MJF CM Punk video package, uh, Sunday's Revolution. I cannot wait till they splice in CM Punk's Ring of Honor promo with MJF repeating those very words to CM Punk. Things like that will be really cool. Um, do I want them to have a touring brand called Ring of Honor? No. What does that do for the AEW name? Uh, I think you use the name for random events, you know, like AEW presents Ring of Honor. And it's like a night where like everybody come, you know, uh, people from a bunch of promotions come or unsigned guys come and wrestle or you, you use it in that way, but only that way uh, to, to use it as yeah, development. like the ECW one night stand to people. It's just fucking dumb. If you know, you can run a set, you can run a, a, a second company the same way WWE ran OVW and Heartland. Uh, the same way they ran Florida Championship Wrestling before it became NXT, you still have something touring. And the fact is, Ring of Honor may not mean anything to us. It means everything to a guy like Brian Danielson, who lives and dies by, like, this is the, the reputation of it. If you give this company to the right person to build it the way they want to do it, whether it is Danielson or, you know, Dustin Rhodes or QT, or you bring in Joe or Regal, and let them build their own developmental system. I mean, A, it's a great fuck you to Vince that you're bringing in his guys and doing it, but, but B, they don't have a touring developmental. And this is a chance for some of these guys to get seasoning that they need and performing in front of different crowds in different cities that are, are underserved, that you're not going to play the same venues. 
I don't think it's going to be confusing and that you can move certain guys around and, and maximize their, their exposure. I mean, I mean, he obviously has a plan, right? So let's see. Also like AEW already has three to four hours of content a week. We don't watch. It's called dark and dark elevation. (laughs) No, for real. I don't think they need more. But anyway, everything else in this hour was great. I, I, I did like that they had Danielson and Daniels fight each other. I thought it was a great match. Uh, I love Danielson stomping him at the end. The Moxley promo wasn't his best, uh, but that's still great compared to so many other people. The MJF CM Punk thing, I, I, I texted you guys earlier. Uh, this is like one of the most flawless feuds ever. And like, oh, I agree. Other, you know, other than again, like, you know, not the most eyes are on it and it's not wrestling at its peak. And so it doesn't have this like pandemonium that it could have. But to name a better feud, I mean, you go back and you watch famous feuds and it's like weeks of dog shit, you know, (laughs) but this has been, this has been flawless. They have not fucked up. They've maybe gone long a few times, but they have not fucked up. It's been been unbelievable. And more than not fucked up. These are some of the best segments I've like ever seen. These, this shit is amazing. Last night was unbelievable. I know they're selling the t-shirt with CM Punk and MJF uh, on it. You know, the, the, them, uh, that photo, I, I want it with the blood on it too. I think that would be cool. It was just a perfect moment. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was really, really great. What did you fools think? Well, you can make that shirt yourself, Scott. Um, oh, damn dude. And that tag mat and the tag team, uh, battle Royal was awesome. That was a good time. Every tag team was fun. Yeah. I thought that was good. I, I, I so thought fun. the, I thought the Danielson Christopher Daniel match wasn't that great, but I loved the, the aftermatch promo from Brian and, and Moxley. I love that. So, you know, I was fine with it. Um, th- you're right. The, 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 uh, the, the CM Punk MJF stuff has been completely flawless. It's been unbelievable. Uh, it was just weird in that casino battle Royal. Cause I was like, we were all wondering like, is Peter Avalon still in AW? And then we're like, oh, I guess he is. I guess he's still there. And, and, and uh, as we would later find out, Caesar Boboli or whatever his name is. Caesar Boboli. Yeah. Hey, I was making a joke, Scott. It's- Say it right or pay the price. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. We're, we're, we're having an off night, guys. We're having an off night. It's um, a punchy. You know, it's, we started an hour later, and most of us, this is close to our bedtime, and uh, we're, no we're way, old. Um, oh, saying something, and then Scott yelling at me is our chemistry. <laughs> yeah, you guys are nuts. Me it's very hunter honeymooners ish. <laughs> I, I I I like this first hour uh, for the most part. Yeah, I didn't need to see um, sagging balls, Mahoney. I mean, Christopher Daniels come out there looking awful. Um, he looked fine. <laughs> he looked You're nuts, really bad, man. man. He You're looked nuts. like he looked like a skeleton they put skin on. Uh, that's a human you just described a human motherfucker a skeleton they put skin on mike said <laughs> that, is true. that was scott's science corner you did just you just you did just describe a human is born with the skin on it this is just put the skin on top of the skeleton <laughs> You don't even like you don't even fasten it all together. It's a difference. It's got kind of like in Men in Black, the way Vincent D'Onofrio's skin was on his body. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Someone knows what I'm talking about. 
Uh, and I mean, it's just after fight, him fighting all these like young guys, like him up against this dude, just who hasn't been there in a long time. It just felt kind of random. Um, but I like, I like they stuck the landing with Moxley. Yeah, the CM Punk MJF stuff. Yeah, has been um, amazing, which is pretty crazy when you think about the opening like promo in November and how high of a bar it's set. And where it is now, I really liked that there was never mentioned that MJF was lying. It's like, I love the nuance of it. Like, no, he, this shit did happen to him, but it doesn't excuse that he's an asshole. Um, and naming, naming all the terrible things, man. It was, it was so great to be reminded about what he did to Malenko. And yeah. And uh, then, and then Punk talking about his terrible things and all of that. It's just, yeah, the level the level of storytelling here and the organic way that they've brought up um storylines and stuff like just even even if you don't know what he's talking about like i took the ashes of a manager and threw it all together. it's like we all know but like that so just fun. sounds awful if you just say like most wrestling acts sound awful if you just say them out of context um what do you think is going on with tito uh tito santana so santana or nrt's and Jericho, do you think that this is setting? What do you think this is setting up? That moment backstage where they did the fist bump. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's like uh, a swerve coming. Like that. That you know, the thing there is, only one later in this show. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kingston was good enough last week that you sold me on the match, but I think they're like, oh shit, we need to give Santana and Ortiz some kind of rub in all of this too. But it just feels like the thing last week was so personal between those two that they feel like they kind of got lost in the story, to be honest with you. Um, and they're trying to, like, reinsert them, but I think it's a little too late. Uh, and then and then the tag team uh, thing, I'll just say quick on that. It, it's so interesting, you know, uh, Dante really did come into his own while Darius was gone, but they never really did find a storyline for him. And I feel like there could have been a lot more interesting stuff where he was this completely changed person, but it's like they're back together as if nothing happened. And I mean, it's like they're brothers, so it kind of makes sense. But I do feel like from a narrative perspective, you could have done more with that than to act like the last year didn't exist. Well, I tried, but then Leo Leo rushed himself. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I actually loved the story they told at the end of that ro- battle royal with Matt Jackson. I thought he did an amazing job getting that guy over. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I think the, the Danielson Daniels match. I enjoyed it because I liked the nostalgia factor of it. And Mike and I talked about this before. But one of the problems I think we both wind up having with this is Danielson's story for the last several weeks has been going up against young guys, and he set mm-hmm. it up. He's like Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta. And that that was the impetus for his feud with, with Moxley. So him going in there with a very established, very spry 51-year-old Christopher Daniels felt like a pivot. I guess they had to pivot it because they had the Ring of Honor thing and they wanted to be like, here's what Ring of Honor can do. And and then you saw this. You're like, no, we promise it's better than this. Um, yeah, I mean, he still was, stomped the guy's head in at the he end. He stomped it's the guy's still, head in. It was fine. It just felt like a, a, cool. weird, yeah, a weird term when that wasn't where they were going. Uh, the tag no, team. that's nuts. Here's the issue with that is Moxley comes out and he goes, I, I could go down one road, which is like the road you want me to go down, which is where you beat me and I fade into obscurity. And it's like, no, that's not what this storyline is. Yeah, the storyline is you guys are going to team together. Like, it's not even about beating up young guys. It's about 
you know, yeah, it's partially about teaching guys, but it's also about teaming together. I, I think that's the problem. Thing. It's so much the issue more. Is Moxley saying that that was a bomb. It's like the fuck are you talking. Well, the about? issue the is thing also, that they need. Oh, the issue is when Daniels came out, his head looked pretty stomped. Yes, he does look like a deflated grape, uh, but he's such a nice guy. I mean, like, he I looks great for well. a 51 year old. He does. Man. He's a nice dude. He's a good wrestler. He's very talented. He's very creative. I'm glad he has a job. You know what I Mike's the- going to look like at 55? The uh, wind. The uh, wind. You yeah. know what Mike's going to look like when he's 55? <laughs> a skeleton with the skin ripped off. Uh, <laughs> I think that the challenge, the, the, the thing that sucks here is the idea of Danielson and Moxley being a two-man power trip sounds so much fun that you kind of don't want to see them feud. And I feel like those two guys just kind of running roughshod with an army of young talent sounds really interesting. So you're almost rooting for the heel here. Um, I liked in the tag team battle Royal, they have 14 tag teams in this match and none of them were just like two guys thrown together. It's a true established tag division. Uh, Even bear country and, and whoever else was there. The Battle Royal was fun. It was a Royal Rumble style for tag teams, which I don't think they've... Have they done that before? Yeah, they did one of these before. I haven't. I don't remember seeing this before, but it was uh, It was pretty fun. Um, I, I like that, yeah, you built to a finish. It was a lot of guys were just in there for, for wasting time, but they got paid, so whatever. Uh, and then the Punk uh, MJF thing was absolutely masterful the second cm punk went out there well, in a technically shirt. that was hour two but that's oh fun. sorry well scott bumped the tower i think we're okay uh <laughs> i'll phase this into hour two but uh right. no as soon as punk came out there wearing a white shirt i'm like oh this is ending in blood and it worked that's why max was wearing white like it's those little touches that they're figuring this out here and they're doing the best of sports entertainment the Ma- max's whole promo the 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 hug with him Dude, and i punk, put it well keep going and this idea that CM Punk was like, yeah, what you said was probably true, but that's not a, that doesn't justify you with a villain origin story. Like, it's like, don't be like, you can get over shit. Like I got over shit with Steve Austin. You can get over shit with this. Uh, but they still tried to have that genuine moment that you knew was going to be bullshit. The announcers sold it. Well, uh, the, the hanging with the, with the dog collar after all, he was bleeding was vicious and then invoking I love that punk punk couldn't compliment austin without also shitting on vince he like had to <laughs> squeeze that in there too yes. wait i i have to say this though so you said this is the best of sports entertainment when has sports entertainment ever done this this is the best of pro wrestling this is like the best shit in ring of honor with well, no, no 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 this I, is I, like when NWA. i say sports any anything that's nothing not, like sports entertainment it's sports entertainment because anything that's not the in-ring match itself the promos uh, the stories all of that is sports entertainment. that's the, the theater of what you're getting and punk hanging there covered in blood with max splattered with his blood doing the 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 cm punk line that he did in ring of honor that's from usual suspects it was it was a perfect moment it was a perfect segment from from beginning to end and i do have some criticism of it that I'll, I'll talk about later the other thing i do want to mention was uh max caster's glenn jacobs line during his rap was fucking fantastic uh yes the for sure greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you he didn't exist the first time we found out kevin spacey was a heel Hour two, we have see it. We have the CM Punk MJF promo, which we kind of went through. We have a Keith Lee promo, which, good lord, man, he seems like he's getting bigger every week. Um, 
women's uh there's a there was a women's tag match to set up the uh thunder rosa Britt baker match it was at 9 19 by the way yes, it, uh, it was it was Britt baker and the british girl what's her fucking name jamie hater yes versus thunder rosa and uh martinez right um then there was a her statlander promo backstage which i guess they're going to be doing that on rampage uh wardlow went up against cesar banani uh with a really fun sean spears moment at the end a house of black segment which like dude they gotta like i love buddy murphy but they gotta outfit him a little better the tight black shirt and then the the gold chain it looks like i mean he, he's 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 looking a little like the Bengals quarterback, I guess, but it, it looks really awkward to me. Uh, and there was a Wardlow and MJF segment backstage, and our main event: Adam Page and the Dark Order versus uh, the Elite, aka um, Adam Cole, O'Reilly. You know, the, the, whatever the fuck they were in NXT. I'm having a bunch undisputed of era. Undisputed Era. Thank you. There's so many goddamn facts. Literally what I had in my notes. It was just Paige, Silver, and Reynolds against the Undisputed Era because I don't remember what the fuck they're called here. The yeah. Unliliputed Era. <laughs> this, yeah, the, 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 this was, this hour, you know, it wasn't that great. But um, look, man, I mean, I'll just say this for the show in general. Like, you know, I, the two things that have always been great, which are the mocks, and Brian's stuff were great, and the MJF and CM Punk stuff were great, and then everything else was just kind of, just kind of there. That's kind of what I felt. Oh, there was one something I really I, I skipped over this, but uh, Jade Cargill saying nobody gives a damn about that karate shit to Ty Conte was really fun. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really fun. Uh, Scott, what do you think of the second hour? Uh, I thought the MJF Wardlow stuff, well, the Wardlow match uh, with Spears and then the MJF Wardlow thing, it really, this episode of Dynamite felt like uh, if MJF is a bad guy, this is like his real rise. Like he is really showing his power. It's uh, really, really cool to see. And I hope he wins Sunday, but I guess we'll get, you know, we'll we'll talk about that in predictions. Uh, Other than that, yeah, everything else was fine. You know, like the, the only thing I could say is like, do you think Scott, I just have a question. Do you think that like him slapping Wardlow was a step too far? No, I w- no. I man, thought, yeah. I, I was just like, well, I don't know. I just felt like he would have beat his ass there, but nah. Oh, you know? it's, it's it, no, no. That was going to be fun. And the, uh, you know, I like the Cole hangman match, the, uh, the, the trios match. But the ending, so they tie him up, Oof. and that's cool, and they beat him up, and that's cool, and he super kicks him, and it looks vicious, and that's great, and he puts the title on him, and that's cool. And then, like, well, number one, it's in Daly's place, and so the way it's filmed in Daly's place makes it feel a little empty anyway. And then you have JR, who has no voice, talking about this, like, apparent vicious beating, but he's just kind of saying it, and things are kind of quiet, and then he's, like, pitching the next show, and it felt like they were like, cut, and then went on to another thing, and they just forgot to untie Hangman. Like, the Undisputed Era is posing, but it just felt like the show was over. It was it was really uncomfortable. But uh, I thought the match was cool. People were complaining about, like, oh, the rest of the Dark Order didn't come out. I, I, I didn't care about that. But. I, dude, I, here's my note about this whole thing. It's like, just can we get Kenny back to end this fucking story? Because... I, I just think that, like, I want Hangman away from Dark Order. I want almost everybody to kind of, like, do their own thing now, you know? It's it's like, let's 
start integrating them more or, or, or pull the, you know, I guess trigger on a young bucks undisputed era match. But I, I just think that it's a little bit too internet fan servicey at this point. Like, and I, I don't know, man, I just feel like Hangman is getting lost in a lot of this. Like that's for sure. I, I will say I, I heard, I heard it's going on. Well, we'll talk about that later, but it's supposed to go on last. And I, I think they'll do a great job. Yeah. I just hope that I, I, I kind of want Hangman to become it. Like, I, I'm nervous that we're going to get to the end of this hangman run and we're still not going to have an idea of whether or not he can be champ. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to be able to say it's not going to be either uh, fish nor foul. Like, we're going to say, well, he was good at times, but I don't know. We kind of really didn't see what he could do on his own. And yeah, I don't know. This was the first time I just felt like and maybe it's just because there's two other uh, there's like three other rivalries maybe even four if you want to count thunder rosa and Britt baker that are so much more uh although i i don't think they've done a good job at all building that match this time around i I love that first match and i think both of those girls are fantastic but i just it's just felt rust and i think martinez really like threw uh threw a wrench into the booking of that um so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm just nervous like that we're not gonna it just just really feels like brett's first run as champion that's all oh by the way uh, dan just coughed and cleared his throat something vince didn't do in 90 minutes on pat mcafee today (laughs) yeah i'm a weaker man than vince i yeah man this uh this was not great this this hour this this felt like you had two matches where your singles matches were made into like, you know, the, the, the tag thing. Like I didn't need to see Rosa and Baker a few days before, even though it's in a tag <laughs> match. And I didn't need to see Hangman. Well, I don't need to see it on Sunday either, but I definitely didn't need to see it tonight. Um, I just, it's also the, the Wardlow thing makes less and less sense. If you, if you start to, to think about it in any way, which is at the beginning, you know, it was like, you know, as we know, MJF hired Wardlow. Tony Khan didn't, right? But now we know that AEW has no hiring standards at all. <laughs> Look how many people they've hired <laughs> in the past, like two years since Wardlow has been introduced. You know uh, that that aren't that great. Like, so I think Tony would hire Wardlow if Wardlow got fired by MJF. Also, when they just vaguely mention Wardlow's family, is it like him and a wife and kids and they all have the same ponytail? <laughs> you know, is it his like, is it like, like Charlie Bucket? Is it like his, his mom and his aunts and uncles all sleeping in a bed eating fucking cabbage soup? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense, really, the more you think about it. Like, he still looks more physically impressive than most of the wrestlers they have on the fucking roster, I think he'd be okay. I think he could beat up MJF and would still be announced as all elite. <laughs> well, I think that's the next time Tony's going to come out is, uh, is after he turns on uh, Wardlow and he goes, Hey, I signed him. <laughs> Cause also, also guys, he is in uh unmatched series two. He has an action figure. So it's not MJF unmatched series two. It's AEW unmatched series two. 
So I, you know what? I hope you do the same thing with all the goddamn riddles you fucking listen to tonight when you go see Batman. Okay, I will. <laughs> I hope you write them down. And I, hope I you he actually he actually them. will. That's not a great bird. Oh, what part of that neurological is that is true? Don't you fucking understand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, man. I mean, dude, the lollipop kids putting fucking page in the duct tape at the end would be bad on any episode. But doing it less than an hour after a dude is like fuck, like hung and bloody, it's like you know we always say this like, do these guys not watch their own fucking show? But like, well, different feuds though, you know. But I get what you're saying. You're saying tied. You're saying tied up. But I'm I'm talking about the severity of a beating. I don't think every beating has to be the same, and I, I don't think a world it. title beating has to be as harsh as a blood feud beating. And I don't think every world title feud has to be a blood feud, but it can also be a feud. You know. I, I, I don't I don't fully disagree with that, Scott, but it's also I believe in escalation and it's really hard to have that and then close on, you know, it's like opening with Andrew Dice Clay and then then closing on, you know, uh <laughs> someone very clean. Uh it, it just it just felt fucking weird. It's like it just felt like the chill, like they already look like children. And then it felt like the kids version of the adult thing we'd already seen. It it did very much. And again, I liked the match. Um, it did very much feel like when they were tying him up and doing that part and posing, it felt like they were practicing. It felt yeah, it like also, people got tickets to see dress rehearsal for what, for what they were going to do later that night. Well, it's also, it's like, that's the, that's, you know, it wasn't duct tape, but that, that's the pose like Savage was in when a fucking snake bit him. Like, you know, that's like a, a, a vulnerable position, but it also, it felt like Paige could easily rip the duct tape. It didn't feel No, I don't think he could. I think he was pulling because I was watching it because if I'm in that position, so I was in a school play in middle school and I was tied up to a chair. And I fucking broke out. Uh, of that, that wasn't a play, Scott. That was just the drama teacher <laughs> molesting. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and I broke out of the chair uh, night of the play, you know. And so the but the whole thing was like I was supposed to be tied up. And so I ran at them and I was like, you got to tackle me. Like I let them know like you. I didn't mean to break out of it, but now you have to do biz. Like if Hang Hangman, honestly, if he could have broke out of it, I think he would have, and then they could have just stomped him out, and it would have been even more effective. Robert, you've produced actual wrestling on television. What do you think of this duct tape beatdown? This is this is why <laughs> I was messaging with another former writer today. I'm like, this is why they, Tony Khan needs to hire writers, not to sit and script out every word that said that's not what writers do you sit you go over the show and people point out things there was there a couple points in this hour that didn't make a ton of sense first of all mike you're right you shouldn't have both of your world title matches your men's women's world title matches reduced to multi-man tags where you've now seen them wrestle each other i, I i've seen thunder rosa and Britt baker wrestle for free why am I paying for it on Sunday? It's it's a logic that exists in the business. There's ways to get around it where you don't give that away, but they just kind of gave both of them away for no real reason. And neither match was so exciting that I'm like, boy, I can't wait to see the singles match. That's not a, a great uh, takeaway. Um, Keith Lee feels super marginalized and kind of heelish. And like Keith Lee is going to be in a tune-up match on Friday, which is what you give heels, not necessarily a, a, a baby face. Um, he's, he's just lacking 
charisma thus far in his backstage promos, they're not doing him any favors. Give him a manager or don't make, don't let him talk. But this doesn't feel right. Um, the Chris Something Statlander. Heavy. He's gotten really heavy, man. He's, he's gotten, gotten very, very heavy. big. Uh, the Chris he Statlander, does. Layla Hirsch video package is a little awkward because she's still wearing the Russia garb. Um, maybe change that up a little bit this week. You know, it's a little, it was a little jarring. The house of black. Thing she's a heel. Hilarious. She's a heel. Is she the heel? Chris Statlander felt like the heel when she made fun no, of her. No, Layla Hirsch is the heel. She seemed like it, but this was Statlander pivoting heel this week. Uh, the house of black thing was hilarious. Cause I just picture how many times they had to film that. And it's like waiting for him to say, like I could, you could literally see black waiting to say the last part of the line. They have to stop giving them rehearsed shit. Just have them stand there. Have Brody look menacing. Have uh, Buddy look like he's. They going look like to look righteous wrong. gemstones villains, don't it they? It does. It it's yeah. ex- that's exactly what it looks like. The, the the criticism I had of the MJF thing is here in the Wardlow uh, match because you watched Wardlow earlier in the night, part of essentially an attempted murder on the most beloved babyface in the company, and then he comes out a half hour later, and the crowd's cheering for him. Like, no, he should either be like the guy who's objecting to all this and doesn't want to be out there and or he's a spineless piece of shit like the rest of them like he was an active participant in the in the cm punk mugging he didn't try to stop him he didn't try to save punk he let what on AEW tv has been one of the most heinous images that there were happen and then he comes out later as the baby face that felt really jarring um within the confines of the show and yeah the, the main event thing you did the same thing twice in one show, which is you held a guy and restrained him where he was taped or, or tethered to the ropes. And it was a lesser than ending. And Hangman Page has felt like the marginalized lesser than champion. We've said this repeatedly on the show. They've always made their champion seem important. He's, to Dan's point, maybe the fifth or sixth most important storyline going on here. And he's not even the most important story within the storyline. It's can Adam Cole keep red dragon and the young bucks together as a as a unit and also this is a weird thing aren't there like 45 members of the dark order nobody came out to save them at the end well i never care about stuff like that you never know what a man is doing he could be shitting showering on the phone with his wife they should all be watching the show Dude, it's also Daly's place so they're like so used to it and it's like they have free range they're in the hot tub at Jaguar Stadium. I mean, come on, guys. Brian Pillman, you know, he's getting a handy under the bleachers. Wait a minute, Daly's place, home field, dude. They're partying all night. That took a weird <laughs> fucking turn right there, Scott. I've been watching, like, a lot of frontline uh, documentaries on Russia this week. And, uh, like, the way Scott talks about AEW is, like, what the way the defense ministers talk about Putin's decisions in Russia. <laughs> they just, by, by the way, this is how you know. This is what Dan does to relax at night. Oh, I'm going to just vape and watch something about the Iron Curtain. Hey. Well, yeah, uh, watching wrestling is too stressful. Stuff. He needs to unwind. This is pretty fascinating stuff. All right, let's get to the Revolution predictions, folks. Um, we start out our first match, Jade Cargill. No, 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 no. buy-in, Daniel. Everybody stand up. And give this match the respect it deserves. Layla Hurst versus Chris Statlander. Oh, I thought that was Rampage. Oh, the buy oh, it's, it's on this, but also QT versus Hook, baby. That's, That's right. not on the main show. No buy-in. Oh, I'm getting buy-in. a refund. Oh, buy-in is Hook, Hook versus QT? Yep. And, yep. and Layla and 
Chris. It's well, both. Give away your main event know. for free. I, well, I, I never talk about the buy-in, but Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Obviously, it's going to be Chris Statlander, right? Does anybody yeah. think it's going to be knows he's going to be Little Girl. <laughs> um, all right, Hook versus QT. Um, Mike, I mean, we're not talking about the main event. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit sad. I kind of wanted this to be on the main show, Hook versus QT, just because no, I think it this will be right before the main show. People are going to go ape shit. It's going to make the crowd hot as fuck. Oh, it's going to be so good. Luck to far. anybody following this. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, so I mean, fun, it's, man. It's going to be. You're going to have to change the mat right before the main show because of just the drool. Because, man, Hook's going to just choke him out. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait. All right, well, let's get to the actual pay-per-view card for the TBS Championship. Jade Cargill versus Ty Conte. Uh, who do you got, Scott? Oh, Jade, man. Jade all day. Mike? Jade, and I don't think that Ty really deserves this after a kind of mediocre performance against Britt on the last one. I don't. I feel like this this match feels like filler. I think Jade deserves to be on the card. I don't think Ty does. And Sammy, come get me. Fuck you, Justice for Pam. (laughs) (laughs) One of the only wrestlers who's been on our show. Uh, Robert, who who do you got? I could fucking care less. I mean, I'm sorry. uh, Jade Cargill is going to win. It's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, 11 stars. Very exciting. You saw Jade did the Riddler uh, costume? From uh, you saw from what Batman Forever, right, or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, so good, so good. Well, we are definitely going to see how good the referee is at calling spots. Uh, face of the Revolution <laughs> ladder match. I, uh, I, it's going to be Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy versus Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus a question mark. <laughs> no, dude, versus, it's like, dude, it's a Rampage match, and it's Matt Hardy versus somebody. And it's like, oh, no, they're putting Matt Hardy in this fucking la- It is Matt Hardy, right? No, no, he's in the sixth man. There's a sixth man. Oh, shit, you're right. So who is this? I think it's going to be Miro. That's my guess. No, there's a Rampage qualifying match. Look this up. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Uh, are you sure? I think it, it could be, I mean, it could be, you know, Cesaro, it seems like he's going to go there, especially now that they just bought Ring of Honor. That would be a, that know. would get that would get the that would get the place going. Or maybe just a Ring of Honor guy, you know, Jonathan Gresham or something. And then, you know, he's their champion. And then you unify the. Didn't Jay Lithley used to work for this company? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I really thought it was going to be Keith Lee, but I think it's going to be Wardlow now. Right. I mean. Yeah. There's no there's no other person to really pick as far as I like, disagree you think, with Mike? that. I, I think that because it is a big ladder match and like losing isn't the same as losing. I think Spears might come out and fuck it up for Wardlow, and that helps set up Wardlow for the other match that he'll he'll be a part of. Yeah, I I would love that. I mean, no matter what, I think this match is gonna be awesome. I think Keith Lee is uh it, it, it's going to, you know, really surprise people in terms of like what he can do in a ladder match. Well, I guess he's not going to surprise people who knows what he can do. Okay. So here's the match ready. So this is a qualifying match on rampage. And now you'll know why I said Matt Hardy, because it's the same type of horror. Uh, um, it's so this is a qualifying match for the ladder match. Ethan page versus Christian cage. Oh man. Uh, well, obviously, oh, uh, Gonna be Ethan, said he's right? trying to jump in. Christian's not going to want to. 
No, I think it's going to be Christian, man. I think Christian's in the ladder match. That makes sense. It's a pay-per-view. You're probably paying Christian way more than you're paying Ethan Page. You want to get your money's worth, however that works in your brain. Uh, It's the war. It's uh, Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting in a tornado tag ladder match. I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, I guess the baby faces win, right? I mean, I think it's progressive that men can be in the bathroom break match. <laughs> no, I think they're going to do some crazy stuff. You, you, you heard what Darby said to Sammy in that promo. Yeah. I think he just essentially said that he was like, we're, we're crazy. So that's what they're going to do, man. They're going to do crazy shit. It'll be fun. The winner is going to be whoever the local folding table empresario is. Yeah, dude, they're going to bump Matt Hardy's head. That's for sure going to happen. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Uh, next up, we have Jesus. What? 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 Chris Jericho versus Eddie this is the Kingston. bitterest Dan has ever been. You, this is a full-on heel turn this week, Dan. <laughs> you got the Christmas tree behind you. You should be in a better mood. Yeah, I'm dude, be still the Christmas tomorrow, tree. Thank God, it's the same Patty Street. Chris Jericho <laughs> versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston is going to win, I believe. Then Jericho's going to like kick him in the nuts. Then Jericho's going to go, see, I turned heel. That's what you guys wanted, right? Right? I'm still cool, right? Who do you guys got, Mike? Yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's going to beat him, and then he's going to be like, so when you said the big one, that was you admitting you're fat, right? Because you're fat. <laughs> um, I No, I honestly think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Kingston should win. Um, so I'm going to hope for it. I think Jericho might, but I'll go Kingston. That's what should happen. Scott? Yeah, Kingston should. If Jericho does, I at the very least hope it's like the thing that makes Kingston snap or something. But yeah, it should be. It should be. King, man, I don't think Kingston's won a pay-per-view match. The guy chokes No, up. no. And, but he's always had a great one. I think this will be a really fun match, but. No, I think Jer- I think Jericho's going to win because they made the whole, if you, if you beat me, I'm going to shake your hand. I think Jericho's going to win by cheating. And then proud and powerful, this will be what splinters them from from Jericho. Uh, Zach uh, Swerve said he's in the waiting room or in the chat room waiting. Ready to go? Oh, perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the new segment, Ask a Wrestler. Uh, He's a former MLW heavyweight champion. He's a former NXT North American champion. Please put your hands together. For Swerve Strickland, everybody. Swerve, thank you for coming on, buddy. What's going on, man? I like your shirt. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate we, we, it. We tried to talk earlier, but uh, but we but you were you were in a you were in a limo styling and profile, and now now we're back back at it again. First off, congrats on AEW. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate I, it. I, I I think I think WWE made a huge mistake cutting you. I've said this on the podcast. I think. In uh, three years, they're going to really eat those fucking words. Um, uh, probably sooner than that. Just like the team I have right now, we're in the studio. We're at the summit here down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, that was uh, I'm with my man's uh, Flash Garments. If you don't know, look him up. I'm with my man Heck, Hector. You know, you don't know, look him up. These are like really big people. I'm building a team right now, and. They let they let they let me go at the perfect time when these guys are starting to hit their stride, and now I'm hitting my stride independently on my own. And now we're building superpowers, man. It's crazy. 
Well, yeah, you'd mentioned that obviously you have an extensive like uh, history on the independence. Um, what was like, cause we always like one of the, one of the most fun conversations we can have as comedians is like, what, what's the worst bomb story you've ever had? What's the worst indie show that you've ever been a part of? The show in, in general or like just yeah. match I had on the show? Yeah, or just, yeah, something like, like, I remember uh, Sammy Guevara was on, he was talking about like fighting on some fair and falling on cement or oh, yeah. something like that. Um, I, I didn't have a bad experience, but I definitely wrestled in front of um, a Walmart before where, the, oh where they park all the carts. That's just <laughs> Black Friday. <laughs> no, no, this is like a, a regular old Thursday night. It's Thursday, middle of the day. It wasn't even like sun was still out in our dressing room and our entrance was out of the back of a U-Haul. So it wasn't even, it was no pleasantries. <laughs> Have you ever been in the ring with somebody who you're like, oh my God, this guy, this is like, this person doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Not like just like, yeah. oh, this person kind of stinks, but like, yes. I'm I'm in trouble right now. Like, I have no idea yes. what's going to happen. Yes. Um, I'm not naming names, but it was like in this uh, firehouse at a match and it was like, balls count anywhere. <laughs> no. Right. Then they were literally going everywhere. And I'm like, no, we're not doing all that. But like, I'm glad I'm I, honestly, those are like, you kind of got to go through those, like those type of matches or experiences to understand how to control people and control a situation and lead and be a ring general. You got to have, you can't just work with great people all the time. You got to work with bad people, understand how to have pull something out or audible and manage people like that too. But enough about your time in MLW. Uh, i'm joking you were you were the fucking anchor um so one of the things we talked about before we had technical issues was uh dan had asked kind of what it was like when you first had your your conversation with tony khan yeah um it was a we had like a meeting at his hotel it was like an hour hour and a half and like we talked for a while but like only 10 minutes of that hour hour and a half was like wrestling everything else is just bonding and, and like uh discussing things as people humans like as a father as a son as brothers sisters as individuals like you know what we're like especially we're both football fans he's a numbers guy for the jaguars i've been a uh, uh, st louis rams la rams fan for years so we talk about the rams how they were doing in the uh, you know winning the super bowl your, your cousin's an nfl player right or was but yeah, yeah, my cousin uh, Fred Strickland played for the Cowboys yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Dion and Aikman and Emmett. He played with the Prime Cowboys too. Dude, I've I read the I read that book about uh, have you read Boys Will Be Boys? I don't think I don't think your your cousins mentioned it. That's the craziest fucking book. It's about like their back uh, their locker room exploits. It is no, uh, I didn't hear that. It's pretty nuts, man. The opening the opening chapter is Michael Irvin. Um, slicing somebody's neck open on a barber chair and that's like how they open it's it's crazy it's 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 like one of the best sports books i've ever i've I ever written my my... Hand when i went to my cousin's game before <laughs> well cool. i'm glad it, it worked out better for you than it less did for than that 10 group. minutes and dan is describing a murder for some reason <laughs> like, describe slicing throat how deep was the splice <laughs> it wasn't, well, he's still, well, more importantly I mean, he's, what's you know. hold on what's what's scarier having your throat sliced or having that same hour and a half conversation with vince <laughs> oh man probably i'd rather i'd rather heal a slice throat will heal conversation with vince won't 
Well, um, but also, I, Vince talks like his throat is sliced now. Yeah, he does. I don't know what happened. He's getting <laughs> close to he's getting close to Laurinaitis in a way. <laughs> The guy's been the guy's been screaming nonstop for eighty years. This is gonna. Be true. Well, Laurinaitis the, sounds like the name of the issue with his throat. Like, like he has Laurinaitis. <laughs> Was it like uh like when you were in NXT? Did did you get like a lot of time to like write your own stuff or? Was it like kind of awkward, kind of having like older white guys write for you and stuff like that? Did it feel oh, like, we were, like they we didn't get it? Or anything? They gave us they gave us yeah. concepts, but they, we wrote all of our stuff together. Mm-hmm. And we but there was also times we brought them something. They were like, ah, we can't. It's too touchy. We can't go there. And we were like, okay. So we go back to the drawing board, come up with something else. And they're like, okay, can you say it best instead of that? Like sure, whatever. So we just giving them what giving them what they want. But we wrote all of our stuff. But it definitely had to get like reviewed and like revised on certain things because we always push more and get pulled back rather than like go ahead say something say something yeah and you and you said you mostly worked with sean while you were down there you had a really good relationship with him do you have like uh because obviously you know sean's like one of the best ever is it is it is it when when you're like do you kind of have to divorce yourself from what you thought about him as a re- like a young wrestling fan and like all right i'm here to do business i got like how, um, how does that work no because like at that time i was so like like i was so fed up with just being put in the back burner because was, i would go to triple h like i went to him i had like three four serious conversations with him after nxt tapings and i'd be like yo why am i not like with these guys you got cole keith lee riddle finn o'reilly all these guys like having these bangers, you're like, even you started moving up Garza and started moving up Grimes and using these guys in these prolific ways and stuff. And then like, and then you chose to go with Santos Escobar over me. And I was like, and then like, like granted, like good for him, good for these guys getting the opportunities, but I'm like, I need to be in that mix too. Why can't I, why I'm not in that mix, you know? And that was getting frustrating, frustrating. It was hard to break through Triple H to get him to be like, Hey, hello. Hey, over here. And um, so. But then you realized uh, f- a couple months later, oh, I guess you didn't have power. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But like, <laughs> but then, but going to Sean and like um, really understanding how my mind works, how my spirit is when it comes to this industry, the way I like to go out and perform and stuff. Sean understood that and understood me as a person and a human being first. Then he really was like, okay, now let's get to the wrestling. And now watching old rap matches like me and Riddle at MLW and stuff like that, watching, you know, like these old PCW Walter matches and watching me and Darby, he understood, oh, this is the person you need to be. And so he kind of gave the elbow nudge to Triple H when it comes to these creative meetings. He'd be like, yeah, 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 you, you're putting the show together. That's cool. But Swerve is over here. So I think we and can all agree, yes, you were booked the best when I was writing you in MLW. I think that's absolutely. clear. But um, no, but in all, in all seriousness, what was that? What was it like when you you made that that transition from NXT to being backstage at, at SmackDown? Was it as jarring as people have said that it is? I mean, it was, but it was it wasn't intimidating to me at all. For me, I was already doing two hundred five live, so I was flying in and out of this um, out of Orlando to these like stadiums in like Wichita and like 
Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Or yeah, what was more was. painful, doing 205 Live in Wichita or having a actual conversation with Robert Karpolis? What was harder to get through? Oh, man. TSA is a motherfucker, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, like, dude, honestly, just, like, uh, yeah, like, it wasn't that hard of a transition because I already, like, if you've seen from the Source City podcast, I was getting these main roster guys to come on the show. So obviously I was fitting in pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, do you, as far as that, I don't know if it's, you know, like, do you think that it's just because, you know, they just saw you, okay, you guys are all part of this group. So if they, if, if they have a problem with one person in the group, they're like, let's just cut bait. Or do you think it was just well, money even or even before those rumors about like, them having issues with AJ or top dollar right. or whatever. Um, they already re- let uh, BFAB go by that time that they had any issue. So they already were saying like, to me, they're saying like, Oh, we don't believe in this product. We don't trust this vision. And, and that wasn't um, a COVID see, thing or something like that, or no, because that was another, no. that was like another rumor that was going around was the, no, not stuff. at all. We all flew together to get drafted. Because yeah, yeah. Fly, you, you know, so. Right, right, right. So well, that's good to clear that up. And she goes all over, across the country, all over the world anyway. She was always thinking, like, going to, like, out of, like, Columbia and shit. So that just told me that. So it was, like, the interest was already, like, lost for me as a, yeah. you know. So I was like, okay. So in that time, that point, you saw us just as another, like, three-man group. And... At that time in SmackDown, you had the bloodline that just caught crazy hot fire. You had um, the Kofi and the Xavier Woods still, like, killing it. And then you had us. So, oh, this three-man group thing is like – it's like you have three first-round draft picks, but we're the newest ones. They're going to go with what they know, which is the guys that have the equity. So they went with them. And so they just did away with all of us because like, ah, we, there's nowhere we can put them. I'm like, raw. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great to see you guys work with the bloodline. I think that would have been fucking awesome. awesome. It was, me know. and Jay Uso talked about it. It was cool. We, we, we were like, oh, we can have so much fun with you guys. So now that you're, you, you had the, the 90 days, you've kind of, it looks like you've been having a lot of fun on, on the indies because you have this sort of creative freedom and you can kind of jump around. What's it been like yeah. just from a creative standpoint to be liberated? There's Dan's dogs. We knew they were going to make an appearance <laughs> at some point. Running. So, yeah, no, so what's, me, what's it been having that creative yeah. freedom? Um, it's it, it, like when you first get let go like that, you kind of have those doubts of like, man, it's embarrassing. I felt like I let like all the people that were watching me and like your family that was supporting you and like just believing in you to make it that far as you did to make it to SmackDown and get drafted. I feel like you go, I went through that turmoil of like feeling like, man, was I really as good as I was? And did I, I let everybody down and all this stuff. And then that phone starts ringing and these emails start coming in, your inbox starts flooding with some opportunities and it starts building up slowly. So just getting those offers, like start building up my confidence again. And then it was like, okay, but can I still perform the way I used to? Can I still go out there with like a Jay White and have 17 minute matches with a new Japan strong? Can I still go to defy and like main event? Can I still like kill it in progress? And like just having that creative freedom to like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. Not somebody behind me second guessing, making me second guess. Do, do I know what I'm doing? Am I sure about these ideas? Do I, am I feeling it? No, I know. I know what I'm doing. I'm good at what I do. 
I made it that far because I'm good at what I do and no other promotion or another promoter is going to diminish my belief in myself and my abilities in the fan base that loves what I do and, and, and follow it even more. I think people were just happy to hear Shaka Khan again. That was true too. That's still <laughs> one of the best, there. still one of the best entries. Anytime we had an MLW show it was, it was your it hit, it, the Shaka Khan music for you or Max's MJF music, which is still the same music he uses in, in AEW yeah. now. Those were the two most fun entrances and the live crowd loved both of them. Yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. It, like, that's when I knew I, I had I tapped into something special. I gave people a feeling rather than just watch me perform acrobatic or like athletic stuff in a ring. It was like I gave people a feel and I felt I had a presence, you know, and I felt like going to NXT for those first two years. Like I lost that presence. And then that last final year when I really started like playing around with things and turning things up, I've got my presence back, but I had to build it all up again. So, because it's fresh news that just happened, because you, you're you're scheduled to be on uh, the the Ring of Honor show coming up, and then the Tony Khan news. I mean, w- was this a total surprise to you? Were you excited about Ring of Honor being under the Tony Khan umbrella? I actually went to Ring of Honor my myself. I was like, oh snap, y'all doing Supercard? I want to be a part of it. And they were like, okay, awesome. So I was already booked for that before AEW even came into the picture, as far as like offers or anything like that. Oh wow. But- so that was, it just happened to be like that. Um, my dogs have stopped barking. Uh, I had a, I had a quite, I was trying to ask you this, but then, you know, the, the car cut out a little bit. Um, yeah. You're in the music world. You're in the wrestling world. What is more painful to uh, watch bad wrestling or bad rap? So the, I was riding in the car um, with flash flash. Uh, the dude was with me in the uh, drive, driving passenger. He like, is in the room writing with Kanye West. So he's like writes a lot of like the, the last yeah. Donda album and heck uh A and R for Bad Boy and stuff. There's heck right there. Gang gang. Yo, what's up? My man Swerve's gonna put on the show for y'all. Just stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bad Boy Entertainment. That's what that's what we represent right there. So we all agreed bad rap is way harder to listen to. Really? Even though like somebody could die in a wrestling match, but it's still not as bad as somebody. Have you ever seen that? Um there's like oh man, there's that fit, great. YouTube clip of the guy who's going on to promote his book on like a morning show and uh, he's about to freestyle and he just like fucking panics deers and head. Well, I got to Robert, I'll give it to Robert to send it to you. But it is, it is so, and we're going to share that. I'm going to share that around with the people. <laughs> oh dude. It is like, it is, it is fucking brutal. It is the cringiest cringe, you know? Um, but being able to wrap yeah. a good skill to be able to help cut promos to be able to be quick on your feet like that. Uh, it, it, like that and podcasting, thinking of questions, like getting your, uh, getting your, uh, your, uh, your guest comfortable, living it up when it, the room's getting a little dull and stuff like that, making sure you talk clearly for the viewers at home yeah. or watching at home and stuff like that. Like all these things kind of came into play and made me a better performer. So when I got on screen to talk, like on microphones, it was like, oh man, I was but spurt these things out smoother and cleaner than when I was before I was rapping. So I think a fun promo story from from uh, when you were in MLW. There was a, a, a we were in Chicago, and this is where you you cut the uh, the the shoot promo after the match when they were just like, yeah. you have free reign, say whatever you want. So Court's like, all right, Robert, you're gonna cut his audio at, at a certain point in time, and I'm working with these audio guys, and this is a fucking hundred year old building. It's a total piece of shit. 
they couldn't figure out how to cut the audio without potentially cutting the power to the entire building. So I'm waiting for you to hit a moment and where I'm supposed to like make it seem like this is real. So I start screaming at the audio guy, like, cause you're like going on about how much you hate MLW, you hate court and fuck all you yeah. guys. And I start screaming at the guy like, cut his fucking audio, cut his fucking audio. And the people around me thought it was a shoot. And I was yeah. stuck up in the top and I wasn't, and they weren't going to let me out because they thought that I legitimately cut off your microphone because we thought you were going into business for yourself. <laughs> it was That's that convincing awesome. of a promo. Yeah. And like, I got calls from MVP and like some other people like, like, dude, what the hell? What do they do now? Yo, my God, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird time there. Uh, and it's, it's fun to see how many people from that little group of people hanging out in like the Clarion Hotel in Orlando are now on TV every Monday or Wednesday or Friday. We're, we're titans of the industry now. Now we kind of run it. And it's amazing. I was just talking to them. And like one of my, my man, he's like, Yo, I'm a huge MJF fan. MJF is my favorite. I was like, man, MJF used to drive me from Ohio to Pennsylvania and Jersey <laughs> to do CZW shows. <laughs> but he's a good dude, though. <laughs> he's a good dude. It was it was fun to get to work with you guys and see where it was beforehand. Is it just like you go to a Buffalo Wild Wings? That definitely propelled us forward in our careers, man. Better than like a lot of other places could have ever done. Is, is it just now in Florida? You go to a Buffalo Wild, Buffalo Wild Wings and there's like four different fucking promotions there. It's crazy. Yeah, like, well, yeah, like, well, in Orlando, you can walk into like a, a gym, then a Target and see six WWE wrestlers. <laughs> well, they're all the same alehouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That was the most fun after a show going to some weird restaurant and then Eddie Kingston would show up and just cut a promo on the waitress. Uh, yep. Same promo we cut to Jericho. Same. Yeah, no, it's just Chris Jericho instead of a uh, an alehouse waitress at one o'clock in the morning. But same yeah. fervor. What's uh, the What's the worst gimmick you saw in the Indies? You talked about your worst match, but was there ever a gimmick that you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this guy's even trying to fucking do this right now." I seen a dude to be a robot before. I was like, "That's dumb." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then there, there, then like I can't say it on here, but the N word taker. Oh yeah. He was yeah, a black guy, guy, right? Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> well, that's a little better, I guess. <laughs> you can be a you can be a yeah. robot, or you could be some, uh, <laughs> someone that takes African Americans down to the depths of hell. <laughs> like, ah, what do you want to do? <laughs> so, well, that's Mike actually mid South wrestling. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so Mike had to jump, but he did have a question about uh, you're in the new WWE video game. Yeah, I find my ways of sneaking in. I did progress. And progress is still getting shown on the WWE Network or Peacock now. So I'm finding my ways to still sneak my way back in that company. And, and his big question was, are you okay with your, your rating in the game? They gave you an 80, uh, which yeah. puts you above guys like uh, Otis uh, and uh, Umberto Carrillo. But you're, you're below Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Hulk Hogan. I am above Vince McMahon. That's all I care about. <laughs> so you'd have a better match with pat mcafee hey, damn right i don't think he's having a match with pat mcafee after we don't know yet all we know he's having a match at mania but we'll that see. is true it's it could still be vince and uh and, and pat which would be uh be it'd be weird um <laughs> Yes, sir. Hey, what's up? So, so what we're working on right now. 
Yeah. Looks like that looks like every uh, stri stripper champagne room I've ever been in. Just missing the strippers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I, I know you shot a, uh, a a music video that's coming out soon that uh, you, you showed me in advance that you actually, not only are you in it, you helped kind of put that whole thing together. Yeah. Uh, what's that been like? Dude, uh, so just the month of January, I directed and shot three music videos. So we still have two in the, in the pipeline that are coming out. One is going to be showing up on the day the album releases, March 18th, Tears album. And the track is called Tears. And it has like... Um, Myself, Montezzi, who does a lot of music for AEW, and he's my partner in the Square City podcast. Uh, H. Cabana, you know, a former artist with uh, All Varsity, and um, his one of his men is a man that signed him was John Connor, who is a former Shady Aftermath artist, and um, uh, Chris Cage, local uh, talent that y'all gonna get real familiar with very soon here in Tampa, Florida. Um, they just got like some choreographers together. Uh, shout out to Erica. You know, Erica came through. Um, she's she's a dancer for Orlando Magic, former dancer for the Orlando Magic. So she had a lot of connections in the chore choreography dance studio scene. So she got a lot of a couple dancers together. Like rented out a library. Leela Gray. Shout out Leela Gray, acting, doing her acting skills in it. It's going to be amazing. So you're getting a lot of different elements on this show on this uh, um, music video. And we still have Digits that is going to become dropping soon with me, my, my, myself, Montezzi, and Top Dollar AJ Francis himself featured in this song, in the music video. So that's dropping soon too. So make sure you all go check that out. Tears album, March 18th. Do you think Shaq rapping got in the way of athletes rapping for a long time? Who was it? Shaq. Do you think Shaq rapping got in the way of people taking athletes rapping seriously for a long time um no because like that thing sold man <laughs> i mean it's sold but you but, know i mean i think we can we can blame it on way more athletes after Shaq. who do you think is the worst rapper athlete mm. i don't think roy jones was very good oh i forgot about roy jones yeah roy once you get hit in the head a hundred times, maybe uh, yeah. maybe lyrics aren't going to be your thing anymore. Anymore? <laughs> no, no. You you got you got to narrow this. Best wrestling rapper, and is it Randy Savage? <laughs> oh, oh, it's me now. <laughs> Humble. Are it's you, me. Uh, it's about to be me now. Just just watch. Just watch what's about to occur. There's this guy. There's a guy in the bodybuilding community raps named Big Constantine. Is like friggin' terrible. Um, but, uh, um, it's, uh, what's, uh, who, who are you uh, looking forward to working with in AEW? Uh, man, like as a Seattle guy, I got to go against Brian Danielson, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. I don't want to see that. But we need to do the Seattle guys, myself, Brian Danielson and Darby Allen in Seattle. Whenever we get out, th out there, man. Would you, you know, bring in your own guys though. Wouldn't like, uh, you teaming up with, uh, Mox and, and Danielson, that would be a, that would be a dream stable there. I don't want to team up with nobody. Like I got a team yeah. of my own that I'm building, man. Like I think yeah. everybody's teaming up too much. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a whole wave on my own. That's going to change the game. And I need people to like, check, like step back and watch it rather than team up with it. So are you showing up at revolution Sunday? Are you the mystery man in the ladder match? We getting a scoop? 
I, I thought the whole ladder match was filled. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. This news to me. I thought everybody's in it. Oh, we thought there was still an opening spot. I guess I guess not. You can run yeah. it anyway. Just pop the barricade. What kind of security do they really have? It's not that hard. I think you'd be fine. But, yeah. uh, it's gonna be oh, yeah. uh, it's gonna be I'm awesome good. to see you back on TV again every week. I'm really looking Thank forward you very much, to, man. to what you're gonna do there. Uh, what do you want to uh, What do you want to plug? Swerve City Podcast. Check it out. YouTube.com backslash Swerve City Podcast. Man, always always got new content dropping. Whether it be interviews, whether it be movie reviews, which we had we just did dropped another one on Uncharted featuring Ryan Katz hopping in on there. Oh. So that's a fun one. We all went to the movies together to see it. And then we dropped a video, a review two days later. So that's coming soon. Uh, new website, swerveconfident.com. New merchandise that's on there. Check that out. And Swerve City Tears album, March 18th. Check it out. Thank you so much awesome. for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you the best of luck at AEW. I can't wait to watch you there and Ring of Honor and wherever else you show up. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a movie, man. Check it out, bro. It's awesome. All right, dude. All right. Have a good night, man. Appreciate you coming on. Let's go back to our revolution predictions. Uh, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Um, I think it's going to be Moxley, but it could be Brian. Genuinely excited about this. Maybe, maybe Danielson hits Moxley with a bag of AA chips and the ref's back is turned. I don't know. Who do you got for this guy? I think this match is going to be so fun. I hope it opens the show. Um, and I think who you want Moxley to win because he, he, you know, he cleaned up and he looks better. Right. Uh, but, I think you want him to win just because it makes the most sense. Right. I mean, but then what does Danielson do, you know, just kind of well, snap still form more, together, I guess. right. I mean, they can still work together. Yeah. Right? That's that. I think that's your, I think your finish there is Moxley somehow beats Danielson. And after the match, Danielson gets up looking for the handshake. Okay. Okay. Since you, They set that up this week and, and seeing if he, you know, if Moxley goes and kicks him in the head or they actually shake hands and form something. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, what's next? MJF or CM Punk dog collar match? Who do you got, Scott? Who I think this is going to be fantastic, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very excited. Um, MJF, right? He does he need this or no? Or CM Punk wins, and then what? I, I think he needs to win again, or did he win? That first time, which he's calling two times um, a few weeks ago on Dynamite, is he calling that? Um, I don't know. I, I It's got to be MJF, right? Like Punk winning this isn't because that MJF win, it still wasn't the big win, you know? Like you really want the big one, right? And this is the big one. I, uh, I, I disagree. I think that Punk winning here makes the most sense because I think for the the Revolution Ladder match, my pick on that was Wardlow. I think Wardlow winning the TNT title and then Max pulling a million-dollar man and forcing him to hand it over, like he's now snapped after losing to Punk, and you get this kind of unhinged MJF 
to really push me bully Wardlow and kind of kick your dog when you've had a bad day at work situation. And that's what kind of opens up this, uh, this Wardlow MJF feud going forward. I think that is, is, uh, is the way forward. I think if punk loses to, to max, where does he go from there? He, he got, uh, he got tricked. He got conned. He got left uh, bloody. He named the match and then he loses and then he's just going to go wrestle somebody else. It feels kind of weird. He starts losing his mind, Robert, you know, becomes a heel. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Who do you got, Scott? I think Jurassic Express, but I don't know if they should win. But yeah, it's gonna be the Bucks and 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 um and and Red Dragon, uh, you know, fucking each other up in a way that allows Jungle Boy to get a pin, and he will probably pin Bobby Fish. But I think it'll be a really fun match, really fun match, probably a little too choreographed at moments, but awesome. I think this pay per view is uh. You know, up to now, I think it's going to be the best wrestling show of 2022. Who do you got, Robert? Yeah, I think it's going to be Jurassic Express. I think when we said before, there's 14 other tag teams uh, floating around there. There's other people for Jurassic Express to work with. I think having the Young Bucks uh, Red Dragon feud outside of the titles makes sense. And uh, it should be a really, a really solid match. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Jurassic Express if they, if they, if they want to keep the titles important. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, I guess Britt, because this hasn't been built up that great. I mean, I thought the next time they were. I mean, Britt has to win because Thunder won the last one. But I don't know. I mean, I, I just I, I guess I wanted I wanted this to be more important when. But maybe maybe it'll give more time to Thunder Rosa to chase or something. Just this, this this program just hasn't worked for me, considering how much I like these two wrestlers. Scott, who you got? Who the hell are we talking about? Rip women. Baker and Thunder Rosa. Oh, brother, Thunder Rosa. That was has a to great win. Tony Khan impression, by the way. Thunder for the women's Rosa. Division. Thunder Rosa. Uh, I think she has to win. I mean, where do you go with Britt Baker after this man? Let her. She just let, pin, she just pinned her. She just pinned her clean. She just pinned Britt clean. They're not gonna have. They're not gonna have her. Beat Brit after pinning her queen on Dynamite. Brit do that. So they, I mean, Tony Storm. She eats up Tony Storm. She's like the new Triple H. Yeah, maybe Ember Moon, whatever her name is. Uh, Oh, I don't know, man. I think it'll be a really great match, but I, I think Thunder Rosa deserves the title. I think she's a much better wrestler than, um, than Brit. Man, let Brit be a heel. Let her do storylines with Adam. Let her do fun things. Whatever. She's a good time, but. The matches, like none of them are good other than when she's with Thunder Rosa. And we've seen Thunder Rosa always have a good match. I mean, she's just, I think she's, and she's entertaining and the fans are behind her. It's not like she's like, uh, you know, Sheeta, where it's like, oh, she's a good wrestler, but we're not necessarily connected. Like people, people fuck with Thunder Rosa. Who do you got, Robert? I don't see where either one of them go after this. The only story they seem to have percolating is if Jamie Hayter and Britt split uh, in some way, shape or form. But we literally just saw Mercedes Martinez 
split from them. I think uh, if Thunder Rosa were to win, who's another heel for her to work with that anybody's excited to see? You want to see another Nyla Rose match against her? Not, not particularly. There's nobody teed up. And I think that's the, uh, the, the problem. It's like Ruby vanished off the face of the earth. She hasn't been on TV in, in weeks and weeks. Um, I, it's such a flat division at this moment when it doesn't need to be because we know Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have chemistry. Their stories have been good in the past. This just kind of feels like if Thunder Rosa were to win, the most exciting match for her is a rematch with Britt Baker. So no way thunder rosa serena d baby i hate you so much for think for putting that out there because now that's probably what they're gonna do so thanks shit that's good shit right there yeah hangman adam page versus adam cole who do you got scott Ooh, this uh tony khan says this is going to be the last match of the night despite the fact that there are for sure bigger matches on the card but i think this could turn out being match of the night. I think it's going to blow us away. I think the feud hasn't blown us away when it definitely could have. And I think they're aware of that. Hangman has not only had great matches uh, when he defends the titles, but he has like match of the year contenders when he, what has he had three defenses, four defenses. They've all been unbelievable. Um, and Adam Cole is damn good. And, you know, all those NXT takeovers, like, he made them. I think this match is going to be uh, insane. I mean, you know, it's going to be a lot of a lot of kickouts, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, you I said think Hangman this is... wins. I think Hangman wins. Dude, if Cole wins, though, I think that would be, like, wild as hell and a really fun, weird spin that uh, I don't know if he's ready for. But, um, yeah, Hangman. The yeah, winner no, will be whatever action figure site Mike is on during this. <laughs> no Scott man hit the nail on the head though if this was adam cole was great in the nxt takeover main events and nxt lost in the ratings every week because he put on great matches on his one-off pay-per-views but his storylines always seem to be lacking he which is what we're getting in nxt i thought they they didn't i mean lacking in terms of drawing in an audience it wasn't like they were killing it in the ratings he was no, doing fine and what he was doing the match will be. But I mean, the MDF Punk stuff hasn't really been killing it in the ratings. You know what I mean? And that's that's well, been more like an artistic win than it has been a, a box office win. It, it depends. I think AEW has a, a certain audience that watches every week. But when it was head to head, people wanted to see what was going on in AEW as opposed to seeing Adam Cole in the main event on NXT, which is which is unfortunate because he was good. But whatever. I think this match will be technically uh, very good. I don't think that it has the gravitas that several of the other matches on this show seem to have. It has to be Hangman Page uh, that retains here. I think if he loses at this point after all that buildup, I mean, he's totally dead in the water. Tony Khan has said after this pay-per-view, there's going to be new storylines. My my sincere hope is you get Danielson and Moxley as the two-man power trip, and they're going after Hangman Page. And maybe something with uh, with Hangman and Moxley down the road can reignite him and make uh, Hangman feel remotely special. But right now, this feels very NXT 2.0 in terms of excitement versus a lot of the other stuff on this show. Yeah, who does Hangman face after this? The winner of Punk MJF? I don't know. I mean, then I, you, but the thing is, it's like, what, you want to do Punk and Hangman? That seems like that's going to split the audience right down the middle. It seems like a face match you don't really want. No, right? I think it's Danielson Moxley. I think Danielson and Moxley together as, as a unit 
going after Hangman. That's a that's a, a compelling story to to potentially tell. Uh, otherwise, Hangman's just kind of a dude that's on this show, and he's your world champion. They don't mm-hmm. give him the proper t- uh, time to speak. They don't give him great matches on TV a lot. It's he feels very much just another person on the show when there's other people on there who feel like legit stars. Hey, that crowd pops though, right? They like, oh yeah, they like the music. Like I think they like him. I, I don't think I think he's very likable. I just don't think that he's got this kind of uh, support from the show to warrant the position they put him in. Him. It, it feels like Punk's first title reign in WWE. It feels like Brett's first title reign. It feels like Brett's run. It, it it feels like when Mysterio was champion, they didn't put him in the main event a lot. It's just kind of a little bit better than that for sure. But yeah, but it's just he's a guy who has the title. Uh, I feel like the title is is carrying him. He's not elevating the championship, and that's kind of unfortunate. And uh, they they got to find something for him. All right, number four. We're gonna it's our rebook segment. Monday morning Booker back. <laughs> Dan uh, does not know how to just drop a fucking segment, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> he could have uh, been like, "Hey, everybody, that's the show. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks to Swear." I don't know. All right, we'll we'll cut this. Never mind. <laughs> no, that's no, the no. spirit. Let's, Let's rebook a lot. Oh, no, it's fine. It's just, it's just fucking all shows with snake bit. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm a snake. Uh, it's the MJF promo, man. No, I was gonna say, what's just the There's but. something punchy. Punchy Dan is is inadvertently super entertaining. Uh, for those <laughs> you listening, it's like usually he's the. It's like he, he's the happy guy in the front keeping us all together. He's like Danny Tanner, and it's like no, this is great. Let's move on to this. We're good. This is just like angry, bitter Dan is 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 kind of fun. I like this version of you. <laughs> Dan put Dan put a bid on Ring of Honor, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, high spot, low spot. Scott, what's your high spot, low spot of the week? Oh man, dude, my high spot is that Vince McMahon, Pat McAfee interview. Um, despite look, dude, man, yeah, a lot of softballs, but those softballs, right? They were masked with like chilling, hanging out. It came off natural. It was natural. They were just bullshitting. I thought it was cool. You know, you know, he brought up Saudi Arabia and didn't say the thing he should have said about it. And, you know, instead of firings, like, you know, he didn't bring up record profits and that there were firings. And what did you want? I mean, how many podcasts do you listen to where they're really throwing hard hitting questions at you? It's, oh, you're sitting sure. down having a yeah. conversation and it's I, like, I agree. I love people it. are like, Oh, he was softballs. The reason Vince doesn't do a lot of these interviews is because the very first time you sit down with any of these people, um, any of these journalists that talk to him, it's going to be, concussions deaths that you've caused rampant drug abuse and then this is all fake right like that's what you get so he doesn't want to put up with a lot of that bullshit and he sat there and this was the first time most people have seen vince mcmahon talk like a human being and he talked like a human being for an hour and a half this was vince he was cursing he was he was talking about the wrestling business which was weird to hear him say nwa to say wrestling to tell the jim ross story yeah it's like this is who that guy actually is and most fans have never seen this version of this that he really is a person that nwa story that's who it's like he just constantly thinks he's about to be assassinated all the time that's how he lives his life so so that's my high spot right it's 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 vince and and me seeing him and going god damn he's brilliant and pat just 
just, you know, big upping him on how his mind works. And it's like, yeah, he did do so much. Holy shit. And now my low spot is when Pat McAfee goes, now WrestleMania this year is stupendous. Explain that. And then he explains. <laughs> oh, that was fucking great. The that process. Was the- and I go, wait a second. This whole time I'm sitting here like, goddamn, Vince is a genius. His ideas are awesome. And then you watch him explain the worst idea imaginable. <laughs> but like, it's a great idea, Scott, because stupendous. But you it's here's the here's the thing for him. To some people, there's good and there's bad to him. It's is it memorable? We had the same thing when it was big time. And it's like Dude. people are going to remember that it's big time. Does it is stupendous a stupid word? Yes, but it's at least memorable. People no, who watch not. the Super Bowl may have been like that was fucking stupid but they remember that it was the word stupendous and you've branded wrestlemania with it it's that's uh, how uh, his uh, mind man. works no i don't crazy. say it's right or wrong I think that's in, in mary like, poppins why the fuck do they care about the word stupendous he doesn't care about the word he, he even said people are gonna have to look it up because who knows oh, what it is it so dumb. that's good. another thing he's like a lot of people don't know even know what the word means it's a lot of people don't say it it's like what are you what are you no, talking the, the, first about, of all dude? the best part of the interview was when he said my wife at the time Who's Linda? That was fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was a that was an all time moment. But it was weird to hear him talk about like like the guys hugging in gorilla and like protecting each other's bodies when they wrestle. Like it, it's all the weird insidery stuff that Vince never talks about or gets into. And he felt kind of relaxed, and he seemed like he fit in with those guys. Like he was like, he's still a lucid human being as opposed to the crypt keeper old man with the egg from red notice that we saw for months on TV. Dude, Pat was like, he's like, you're the best. He's like, you got blown up one week in a limousine and came back the next week later. It's like he came back the next week because Benoit murdered his family. <laughs> yes. and they canceled the feud. <laughs> it was it was a fun interview. Don't let details get in the way of, but even the way that Pat just kind of mm. pivoted from random things where he's just talking, he's like, oh, those headphones are in there about Brock. What the fuck is with Brock? And it was just, it just kind of went on and it was, it, it was fun to see. It's mm. fun to see Vince McMahon as a person, uh, as opposed to well, seeing the thing Tony is, Khan like, as a Even person. when he's trying to be casual, he's still one of the weirdest people in the world, you know, and he kind of admits that he's like, you don't want my brain and how I think. And the the whole bit about showing up late for a meeting was where you see who the real Vince is like, don't apologize. Well, he was doing stand up. That's how he talks. Yes. Um, All right. Uh, My high spot, low spot. My high spot was that interview and also how Hulk Hogan announced his divorce on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, if you guys, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's, it's fucking amazing. I put it on the Wrestle uh, Roasts uh, Twitter, but let um, me. He said, "Yo, maniacs! Just for the record, the Facebook and Instagram posts are of me and my girlfriend Sky. I am officially divorced. Sorry, I thought everyone already knew. Love my maniacs for life." <laughs> so good. That's he's so, so fucking great, fantastic. Man. He just is. He's becoming. Where does Terry start and Hulk begin? Hulk begin. You know, it's. Or yeah, however dude, you're supposed to say that. He's st- you know that burp. Uh, you know how he burps in the in his sex tape. He's stuck yeah. in that moment at all. He's constantly <laughs> just burping through a sex tape. It's insane. <laughs> and my low spot was Sonny getting arrested again. Man, I just Jesus Christ. So it's man. just an save her, Dan. Spot. Save her. Uh, <laughs> Let her move in. Right. Saving uh, Sonny, yes. you can call it, Dan. My, It'll yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. To, to put, all right. My uh, my high spot this week was uh, 
WWE Network banning its content in Russia in protest of what's going on. They have blocked the WWE Wait, Network. That's your high spot. That's my high spot because that what the is fuck the. Does that do? Oh, oh, like does that affect Putin? That's it my part. That's like my children. thing. That to me is the funniest thing that they're like, we're gonna show them. You invade Ukraine now. You can't watch Legends House. Like no, that's reminds- what if that's one kid's escape? You know, is watching. Uh... Whatever the fuck, you know, Edge versus Nikolai Cena, Volkov, two thousand nine or something. Uh, and then, and then my low spot was uh, Glenn Jacobs tweeting. It's like he was he such a nice guy, such a like everybody likes Kane, and now you're starting to be like, oh fuck, like he's he's just as, as he's insane trying to compete as a, lot of the a Tennessee primary man. Those guys are, you know, like he's he's actually kind of like not a completely far right libertarian, but. Once you be once you start running Republican now, you have to sign up for all this crazy shit. That's the problem. Yeah, it's, man, it is wild, right? It is crazy. So hard. He's, and then, he's not that guy. He's really not. The guy. way that Hangman Page handled that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen on social media. He replied to Kane's came. Glenn Jacobs was tweeting about uh, the Ukraine thing, and then somehow merged it into the liberal left, and we shouldn't get involved. So Hangman right. Page replied with links to. Uh, donate to Ukrainian relief and then a video of the top 10 chair shots to Kane's head. I, I have seen some of the du- uh, God damn it guys. Love it. Uh, uh, it. You know what? I have seen just some of the dumbest takes on Ukraine this week. Everything from, from the left and the right. I've seen like we should invade Cuba to Putin has white privilege. Like all this stuff that like has nothing to fucking do with what's going on, but um, these dogs are going nuts. All right. Uh, we're going to be back next week with the roast of Chris Jericho. We're going to be doing the roast of Jimmy Snuka dropping on Monday. I'm back <laughs> doing stand up, folks. I'm doing Union Hall uh, tomorrow. Well, tonight, when you get this at 10 p.m., I'm going to be at the stand late show on Saturday night. Fat Black uh, as part of the comedy seller on, on Sunday. Tuesday, I'm at New York Comedy Club. Um, and then next Thursday, I'm at the stand in Fat Black. So doing, uh, dusting out some new bits, trying to see if I can still fucking do this shit. Scott, what do you got? Ooh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram. Also the WrestleRoast Twitter and uh, WrestleRoast Patreon and WrestleRoast on ProWrestlingTees.com. And that's it, Robert. You can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And uh, as part of the Patreon for something to sports entertainment with, we will be breaking down uh, this coming Monday's uh, Raw. And then next week for the WrestleRoast show, we're going to be talking Revolution, aren't we? Yes, we oh, are. Oh, you sir. know it, brothers. Best we're show talking Revolution thus far. We will be was, discussing it. I was thinking also we could talk about that show Downfall because it's on YouTube. Hey. The first episode. At least a little bit about it. All right. All right, Zach. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash WrestleRoast. And there watch it. All right, folks. Wash your damn hands.